And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits podcast. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 96. 96. The World of Mythbits. So again, welcome to the World of Mythbits podcast. This is episode 96, and it's the review episode. Finally, this is going to be our first ever recorded review, and we have been working all week to jot down our notes, to study and analyze and, and do all the, the goodness that comes with reviewing and, and taking great care with your stories, your poems, your art, everything that you guys have been submitting this month uh, for issue 87. So I'm I'm super stoked, a little nervous, but stoked. Um, before we get too much farther, though, before we jump into the reviews, uh, we have some housekeeping to get out of the way. Uh, first and foremost, uh, vote for this month's contributor. There is amazing content in issue 87 and just get to voting, get to voting. So that way we can introduce next month's member of the month, which this month's member of the month, let's go ahead and congratulate Nora Jean Garcia. Congratulations. Um, on that note, too, I don't know if you guys saw, Stephanie wrote this amazing, amazing post about the shirts that will begin uh, being doled out to the members of the month. And they're really cool. I actually got to talk to Dave about it. And um, the, the, the ink on the shirts is actually like a foil. So I, I don't know. I got very excited over that. And... Um, so yeah, so that's going to be a monthly thing now. And we were talking about it, switching up the design next year. So that way, like, it's it's kind of an exclusive thing. So yeah, so keep voting. Vote for the member of the month. Um, we will also next week, we're going to announce the final two contestants of the open contract challenge. So that's going to be a pretty big deal. Um, in addition, and we're almost done, uh, we're starting to roll out announcements for PCE 2021 and I've started doing some of the graphics for, uh, next year's like aesthetic and, uh, you guys like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little in the know and I'm not going to, you know, uh, take any of the, the excitement out of it, but holy crap. Uh, so, so pay attention. Like there's going to be some really cool announcements in the next few weeks, months, uh, as we kind of start establishing what to expect with PCE 2021. Um, also, I don't know if you guys know, but Dave, Dave unretired himself <laughs> a couple months ago. He announced that he wasn't going to be recording, uh, my life, uh, my public life as an American nerd. And, you know, he needed, he needed to rest 
And he came back and he, like I said, he unretired and he came back and he actually recorded a brand new episode. We talked about what he talked about. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it because, again, we've been working this whole week uh, reading and reviewing uh, and, 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 and just making sure that this episode is going to be, like, perfect. Um, <laughs> as perfect as we can make it. Uh, but, um, yeah, so if... if if you miss Dave and his podcast, uh, go give it a listen. On that note, too, I also really quickly, um, did you listen to Mythmaster the day, uh, his day off? <laughs> Why, yes, I did. Okay. This, I, I, I have to put this out here. This is my, like, open love letter to Kevin Adams, the Mythmaster. Um, I, I personally think that we need to create like a Kickstarter, a, a Patreon, something to where we just have the Mythmaster actually create audiobooks of all the submissions. Honestly, I think, I think pretty much anybody who listens to, uh, uh this, this character would benefit greatly from listening to literally any story Red in the vein of the Mythmaster. <laughs> and um, I need that to happen. So uh, Dave, Kevin, whoever's listening, can we can we make that a thing, please? Because I feel like that would just be like a bright spot every month. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll get into that later uh, into the review. So Joe. Alrighty. Before we get down to the meat and potatoes of this episode, I would like to thank everybody for their tremendous effort. And thank you especially to Dave and Stephanie for putting this whole thing together. It was definitely quite the experience for our first one. And the absolute quality of work. Yeah, and I think you guys honestly made our job like really easy because of the absolute brilliance of your submission. So I think for our first episode of, of our reviewing, um, I think it's, it's thank you. Thank you for making it easy because it, it just stunning, stunning body of work from everybody. So yeah. Beautifully said. So let's kick it off with in drabble and flash Ooh. with the Sound of Silence by Alana Robson. I hope I am pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, if we mispronounce anybody's names, go off on us, all right? <laughs> no, just uh, sorry. Sorry in advance if we mispronounce anybody's names. So, yeah, <laughs> Sound of Silence by Alana Robson. You mean sparks like the beer? <laughs> Alrighty, so we have, uh, once again, The Sound of Silence by Alana Robson. And how did you take this? I really loved this play with perspective. Um, I don't want to spoil anything because if you haven't read it, uh, I don't want to give anything away because uh, it is. It's it's Drabble and Flash is it's this magical little chunk of fiction that is so juicy. And this one, I think, was like it kind of took my breath away. Um because by the end, you're, you're kind of left with this idea, again, not trying to spoil anything, exactly what you're, whose perspective you're, you're looking down from. And I like that play a lot, what 
What about you? I thought she did an excellent job. Without giving away the deets, I'll just say perspective is everything. Oh, yeah. Next, we have The Promise by Stephen Bruce. Oh. All I have for you, sir, Mr. Bruce, is two words. Goosebump material. Yeah, Joe flat out, because Joe started reading before I did, and he flat out was like, wait until you get your hands on this story, because uh, death is my genre of uh, favorite subjects to breach and everything, and I, I can't use the words because I've been told not to curse, but oh my god, that one was stunning just stunning and oh like i i don't want to sp- this is very hard it's very hard to talk about these stories without wanting to give away everything but like dude beautiful beautiful work i genuinely loved this one it just it it yeah goosebump material exactly what joe said absolutely I think what she's trying to summarize is excellent work, sir. And now we're going to move on to The Monster by Jim Bates. Oh. All right. I'm going to jump this. I'm going to start this one off. Um, Jim Bates, dude. Again, I I cannot sing enough praises for every single one of you contributors. Uh, Jim, your, your work is breathtaking you put so much diligent thought into these ideas that are very real and things that you know we we desperately need to have open conversations about you know global warming and and its effects and you do it with such diligence and uh I'll get more into it when we reach the sci-fi but like Jim your work brings me into an existential crisis and I mean that in such a complimentary way <laughs> because it's just you're you're ta- dude, you're good. Like, please just keep putting stuff out there because I will eat it all up. What did, what did you the think? The sky's the limit on that talent, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I definitely enjoyed it as well um, as a big fan of well, not a not big fan of climate change, but, you know, uh <laughs> But the conversation. The conversation, yeah, because this, this kind of stuff needs to be brought forward. And now that we are traversing these old ideas more so, you know, and these um, uh, complications with our environment are, are coming more clear, that it, it's just, it just goes to show that a powerful stories such as this can kind of really grab your attention, you know. So excellent work there, sir. Um, now we're on to Shortcut by James Rumpel. Do you want me to take that? You want me to take it? Okay. Again, death over here. Uh, I, this one was probably one of my, I don't, I don't want to play favoritism, but again, the subject, you know, was something that I read a lot about. Uh, so this one was just really, really, really cool. I loved the way it was arranged um and how sneaky 
sneaky it was. That was probably the best word to describe it. And like the notes that we made, <laughs> I'm trying to decipher because uh, as I was reading, I was really like hammering out my first initial thoughts. And uh, this one, I flat out put, this is how I introduced my statement. I gasped like a shocked Hank Hill by the end of this piece. <laughs> Ball! <laughs> like... <laughs> Sorry, I did not mean to, by in any way, shape, or form, like, um, belittle this piece like that. But no, it genuinely, like, I I was a gasp uh, by the end. I, I loved it. I loved the organization. Oh, absolutely. You did an excellent job on that. Um, this humorous tale just goes to show what you can conceive your own brain to believe. <laughs> I think that's probably the nicest way to put it in that, in that regard. Without giving giving away anything. Uh, so, excellent job, sir. And now we are on to Time in a Bottle by Mr. Christopher Bice. Okay, so this one is, is so like short and sweet and to the point. Um, and, dude, I... I'm sorry I'm addressing everybody like that, but, like, this is so personal because uh, to read something from a, the perspective of something, I think, and making it, making it so personalized and so um, deeply connected because I have this whole... Um, ideology of of the memory of things and uh i mean you can uh talk about string theory and and all sorts of the the physics aspects and everything but like it it genuinely trips me out to think of um objects and the memory in that object so stories like this kind of trip me out in the in like the best of ways. So I really, really kind of like how you, how you wound that, like, and, and just told that tale. It was really, I just really, really smartly put. Oh yeah. Beautifully said. And that, I mean, that could be perceived as though objects are to have this energy or essence about yeah yeah you're wording it better than i could (laughs) yeah so uh, excellent work sir excellent um so that brings us to weirder science by david k montoya (laughs) my note flat out sings the song pumped up kicks uh you know all the other kids (laughs) yeah that song and then it ends with dave you dark like (laughs) you go you go boy (laughs) That one, that, I, that one was was a good one. <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent work on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually, yeah, I've, I've written a handful of like essays on subjects similar. So uh, nice to find kindred spirits is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that wait, no, 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 that sounds really bad. I mean, uh, people who have the same uh, uh, interest in learning more about the subject. There we go. That hey. sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that brings us to fantasy. Um, our first story uh, is Chains by Zachary S. Lehman. And 
Okay, for, let me ask ask you first. What were your thoughts? Did you? Oh, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the. I wouldn't say it was unspoken camaraderie, but it was camaraderie that had evolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's because I'm looking at my notes right now, and um, I I just I applaud the the setup of the dynamic because, like Joe said, it's that unspoken like uh we're in this together and uh if we don't do something and we don't work together we are gonna die and neither of us wants that on our hands and uh yeah I a lot of my notes are just really applauding the way everything was set up and um these are characters I definitely definitely would love to read about their adventure their misadventures you know these are I think that would be a delight to just have all these kooky little tales about uh, these two characters who really should not be partnered, but are. And um, I always like, I always like a, a good buddy. That would be uh, a little buddy comedy. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one's John Candy? <laughs> Excellent work, sir, on that. All right. So moving on to Sacred Logs and Crocodiles by Walter G. Esselman. Um, this story actually kind of like <laughs> just made me happy. Um, I loved, again with the dynamic, everybody did such a, a brilliant job uh, with dy- dynamic between characters. And Walter, I I like that. You have these these established characters with these this established relationship, and us the readers, we were kind of sitting back, and even though everything felt like an inside joke between them, it was it was just this very warm invite that we were a part of that joke too, and I really really appreciate that because the the characters in and of itself they're they're an absolute they're so much fun, and um, yeah I I really really loved the whole dynamic. I loved the concept of, um, I, this is pretty early on in the story, so I don't think it's really a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 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 just the simple action of having to go collect a book. And I love that because, you know, it's, it's totally un- unexpected. So I, I thought that one was really fun. Could have just been me, but I got a serious final fantasy nine feeling from, the uh, Sergeant Spud character right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, was, he, was, he, was my, uh, he was my go-to right there off that one. Excellent work <laughs> on that story, sir. All right. And now we have The Rising, Part 12, The Conclusion by Jeff R. Young. All right. So this story was a tremendous accomplishment through the entirety of the 12 parts. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you could write for video games such as Elder Scrolls, Diablo, you know, mm. any type of storyline and something like that, you would find this. I, I got that vibe too, like the, just the, the, the RPG game kind of thing, like that, I think that would be just the cool, a really cool story for an RPG that's, game. Yeah, I wonder if that's like an actual job. I wonder if they like freelance writers just to write for the video games storylines, uh, you know? 
Jeff figure it out. Absolutely. <laughs> You'd be the one. I think so. I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there. It just it was re- I don't know. There was because there's 12 parts and we can only I mean we're only reviewing the the conclusion like oh, it's hard. This is really hard. But yeah, I think that was a hell of an ending. Yeah, that is definitely a must read. Yeah. Very well done, sir. All right. So, we are moving on to part 11. A part 11 of a story. Uh, the Missing Unicorn in the Land of Zombie Fairies. Part 11 by David K. Montoya. My first note on this is, I did not cry. Okay, I cried a little. Uh, <laughs> and this this story, um, if you guys have been reading since the beginning... Um, Okay, let me reel it back a little. So one of the, my biggest beliefs out there is uh, the the magic of kids and how they per- how they perceive the world and how different it is to the way adults see the world. And I think Dave, you did a gorgeous job of kind of surrendering that. Um, what's the right word? That that uh, shield that adults have. That makes us unable to think like kids um, and, and, and have that kind of magical experience the way kids do. And it just, it's so precious, I think is the best word I can, I can use for it. Because, uh, because I, I know now the origin, I know uh, the secrets behind some of the or, uh, orchestration of the story. So I kind of have to eliminate that, you know, with a, a fair review, but I do, I loved the, the visuals and I love, I love everything about this. And this episode, this part just, it, it, it tore, it tore at the heartstrings <laughs> and it, it just, it, It sang a song of its own, and you can register it in different degrees, um, you know, and, and again, avoiding spoilers. Um, I just, I, I, I think it was a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, part of the story, and I am very excited, because I know we're kind of starting to draw up to the conclusion, so... I'm I'm kind of anxious to see how we we finish the story up. Yeah, definitely beautifully worded. Um, some scholars would even agree that they would trade a lot of their wisdom for innocence. Oh yeah, yeah. and I think yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, definitely excellent work, sir. So that kind of wraps us up for fantasy, and uh, I just want to take a second to again applaud. Every single one of you, um, I I read a lot of fantasy and I know how difficult it is to establish uh, a fantastical world, an entirely new realm um, with uh, variant creatures and to set it up to where your audience knows, you know, can, can understand this entire, I mean, this entire world. Um, 
And to do that in a short story or even in, in pieces, incremental pieces, I mean, it's no easy feat. So thank you. Thank you for putting so much thought and work into into your efforts because they are amazing and uh, very, very respected. So, yeah, that's going to shuffle us on into horror, I believe. Beautifully said. So over in horror... <clears throat> we have Collection Day by Ooh. James Rumpel. Oh, yes. So, what do you think? All right. <laughs> so, um, I st- my first note for this one was, uh, I feel like there are many analogies that we can breach through this story. Um, and I think that was a very smart move that you made, James, to be able to make it kind of... Uh, Relatable in that sense to uh, the reader to to try to decipher and um, maybe I'm I'm looking too deeply into it I don't know but you there were a lot of really amazing analogies for for especially things that are kind of happening now and and whatnot um, and uh, I put in there uh, again trying to avoid any kind of spoilers uh, the intentions of your leaders. Uh, happy to keep people in blissful ignorance. Uh, so if you read the story, you should know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, read the story because it is, it's a great setup. It's its a great, great setup. Um, definitely. I, I definitely enjoyed his perception about the, it's more of like a futuristic, almost Elysium style story. Mm. If you saw, remember that film Elysium? Mm-hmm. So, um, I kind of would relate it more so to that. Oh, yeah. Excellent work. Excellent yes. work, sir. So, uh, this is, again, I just need to reiterate like, it's very hard to do this while maintaining a spoiler free atmosphere. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, if it feels <laughs> like we're rushing through it, it's because we're trying to shut ourselves up from possibly um, saying something that gives the story away. So, very very sorry if that is what it sounds like but if 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 yeah so if you guys like if you want to reach out to us and they're like what do you really think i will tell you i will give you all my notes (laughs) but yeah so for anybody listening who hasn't read any of these stories please do please please do because yeah collection day was it was it was it was kind of creepy (laughs) (laughs) again avoiding spoilers Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Beautifully said. Uh, Once again, that was Collection Day by James Rumpel. Excellent work, sir. Now we are on to Vestigial. Did I pronounce that correctly? I think so, yeah. Vestigial by Don Debrow. Okay. And hopefully I pronounced that last name correctly. I'm jumping (laughs) in here. Okay. Don. You are sick. You are a sick and twisted writer. And I love you. I love, I love, love, love the story. Again, not trying to play favorites, but I love sick and twisted. I love um, very just out there concepts. And Dawn, ooh, you did this perfectly. You did this so wonderfully. Um, Again, you are sick and twisted and I love you for it. Um, my, my notes, <laughs> um, I point out 
and, and I, I try, you guys, I try not to make any comparisons between writers and, and you know, oh, if this reminds me of something, I try. Um, but Dawn, the story <laughs> reminded me of two of my favorite films and stories. Well, as long as the films or stories are great, I mean, I don't yeah. see any and I mean comparison, this, yeah. Yeah, I mean this in the in the highest compliment. Um, the film Teeth, which if any of you saw it, know, uh, sick and twisted, and I loved it. And also Little Shop of Horrors, like, and that's one of my favorite musicals out there. And I feel like like this was just like the 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 baby born from teeth and little shop of horrors i don't i didn't know that it would ever be something possible but don you did it and oh my god i love it and i really i'm sorry you guys i'm so sorry i have to kind of go off on a thing so um the story starts out with a character who finds a lump and 12 years ago i found a lump I was 18 years old. I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, lymphoma and I had, had tumors on my neck. And um, the way there was like, the, there's still residual trauma, you know, because that's a very scary thing. And um, this story genuinely kind of made me like feel less um, traumatized. It, it, it just, it was a good power play for anybody, I think, who's ever kind of felt like that scary, horrific, who's who's maybe had a cancer scare or something. Um, because it is, it's, it's a very powerless feeling. And Dawn warped it and just warped it into this, like, I can't even, I just, thank you, Dawn. I love this story. <laughs> Beautifully said. Um, definitely we need horror writers in this realm of ours because, um, the deep fears that we have can be manipulated in such ways to bring light to other situations. Um, or also they're just plain fun. (laughs) That one was was a great combination of both, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was excellent work, Don. Definitely love that one. Um, As Jenna said, when I was reading through it, I also referred to that movie Teeth with the son from Nip Tuck. (laughs) The son from Nip Tuck. (laughs) Yeah, he was in Nip Tuck. The son was in there. So that concludes our horror section, and that's going to bring us over to action and suspense. All right, so the first story in this collection, we have Liberty's Run, interlude number one by Walter G. Esselman. Um, I thought this was a great, like, pause, just a good chance to kind of catch our breath with the Liberty series. And um, go ahead, what were you going to say? Uh, I thought it was definitely an interesting take um, on the entirety of the Navy and the JAG system. Um, I don't think that's too spoiler. I mean, it's obviously an action suspense, so obviously something's going to yeah. go down, right? So I thought it was very well written. I definitely like the main character mm-hmm. and the supporting characters as well. Um, right from the get-go, you can tell that Uncle Danny is a man of action. 
and that is what this genre is about Mm -hmm. action yeah and i think i think too with this one um walter did a a a beautiful job of um keeping a tone with like if you're not familiar with the rest of the series um it was very easy to follow along um and i know that's that is not a simple task so i really really applaud you for being able to do that Oh, absolutely. Beautifully said. I would totally agree. Absolutely great work, sir, on that one. And now we are on to Kids Game by Walter Giersbeck. Now, when I first read through this, um, I definitely had a Hunter S. Thompson feel about this one. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it, it was just, it's just, it was beautifully, like, worded and and what would you say sectioned out correctly yeah okay. it was paced 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 phenomenally well right so this was paced phenomenally and um the the ending it was just magnificent <laughs> <laughs> what did you think um i put on there uh let's see short and sweet and to the <laughs> point so again with the pacing like dude you got it down um i put uh, just that reliance on life being a game of luck and uh, that can be absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, I just, I really, really liked um, how you, you knew immediately who you were dealing with. You, you understood um, exactly the, the points that were being pushed across uh, regarding the, the reasons behind uh, our protagonist and what their their uh, hope is, you know, and, and why they're kind of being sucked into this. So uh, I really liked that kind of twist and turn, too, of turning, you know, uh, a potentially dangerous sport of uh, cards or, you know, just something a little bit more referenced in terms of gambling and and it just kind of being shifted to something uh juvenile that we kind of take for granted and uh i just i really kind of liked i liked everything i like i just the pacing was perfect and it really uh did a lot of favors to how this story was told so very very good work very good work beautifully said Excellent work, sir, on that one there. And that, was again, was Kids Game by Walter Gearsbag. And now we are going to move on to The Return to Alcatraz by Mr. Steve Carr. So, what do you think? Okay, my first note on here was uh, a true appreciation for the dialogue. Um, Steve, you wrote this dialogue perfectly. It can be very difficult to make uh, dialogue sound authentic, to make it sound uh, actually conversational. And um, the way you wrote it, it did all the favors in telling us who these characters are. And it was perfect. Witty. Oh, my God. Witty. And... um, I think I put in here, um, I love how witty and intentional 
every piece of dialogue in this story is. Um, because every, every line had a point and a purpose. And it was just very intelligent the way that dialogue was constructed. So, sorry, I know I keep going on about dialogue. <laughs> the story itself was amazing. And it definitely uh, kind of blew my mind a little and uh what 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 was your thought what was your thought well, let we me talked about this earlier yeah let me talk about joey for a little bit here so you have this man who comes out of prison and he definitely is not the most likable character even through the reader's perspective so i feel that the ending that was posted up front was beautifully paced for this type of story mm -hmm. you know especially after the real and well i mean that's, that's kind of hard to say because the beginning would be the end and the ending had a different take of the beginning yeah anywho so i thought the pacing was excellent excellent work um even though you sometimes don't like the characters, but I think like unlikable characters that you tend to like that, that brings a, uh, a power to the story. Mm -hmm. You know, um, very well written, sir. Yeah, I also put in here. Um, this is the ex I'm just reading the note, so if that's why it sounds funky, this is why because I'm actually reading what I wrote. Uh, I've been maybe I've been playing too many video games because it reminds me of one of the Dark Picture series, uh, the games. Until Dawn and Man of Medan, uh, where there are seemingly limitless possibilities. Like, I could see this being, uh, like, an, uh, what do you call it? Like a, 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 like a choice game. I'm so sorry I keep referencing video games, guys. Quarantine has been hard on the psyche. Yeah, she will not <laughs> reference other authors, but she will reference video games. Right now, right now. It's... A lot of video games have been flowing through the house. That's why. So I'm very sorry. <laughs> hey, that's quite all right. I think they'll take it as a, uh, as a, uh, hopefully compliment. <laughs> yeah, compliment. <laughs> yeah, those games are really cool. Alrighty. So very well written, sir. Um, and now we are on to Twist and Turns, part four by Peter Assel. So, what'd you think? Okay. So, Twists and Turns, um, I wrote my first comment was, I absolutely love the way Peter told this tale. He has an impeccable skill and wove this story in an absolutely respectable manner. Um, details. I am somebody who loves an over-analysis of details. Um, I don't know why. It just, it's, it's something... Like, if you want to send me a story that's literally just detailing and explaining uh, an object, I love it. Uh, I love ad adjectives. I, love, I just love details. Um, everything that you detailed in this story was perfect. And I love the fact that... Um, It was going to be a constant surprise, and but it was so easy to follow. And um, going back, reading and rereading just to, you know, uh, make sure we were, you know, on the same page as uh, part, what part, uh, part four. Losing track, too many numbers today. Um, and 
the the elements and the way this story concluded I just I I respect it. I respect it so much because it's such an intricate tale and you did a beautiful job in telling it, Peter. Like beautiful. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Um I like to say that I can always enjoy a good power play against the man. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is definitely a rage against the machine scenario. And I definitely like how you put the point into a perspective of almost like an Ocean's Eleven type of feel. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the characters, you know, are on the same field but they're also off of the same field mm-hmm. you know just so that this kind of thing can be pulled off you know yeah i i think it's a rage against the karaoke machine hey <laughs> <laughs> maybe that should be the next because i definitely enjoy the the title i played on the title the twists mm-hmm. and turns and then that one part with the um police officer mm. you know uh, so very well done, sir. Yes. I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Loved it. And that will take us to science fiction. Yes, here we go. Okay. I want to preface science fiction with, um, uh, and I kind of touched on it when we were talking about, uh, the, the dabbles and, or drabbles and flash is, um, I don't read a lot of sci-fi because it sends me into that existential crisis I spoke of, uh, referencing uh, <laughs> one of the stories. And um, <clears throat> so thank you all for giving me a nice little existential crisis this week uh, <laughs> for this issue. And this will probably be the preface for every review we do is I will wind up giving myself a crazy panic attack because of the science fiction. Um, I'm a scared little baby. So (laughs) on that note, let's talk about uh, Admin Genesis by Matt McHugh. Joe has the most thoughts on this one. Uh, Definitely. I I enjoyed the, the whole thought process behind this, you know, because, um, Within the, I'm sure everybody is aware within the science community that you have this theory that if we're actually living inside a simulation. Mm -hmm. So the story plays that this father creates this simulation, you know, um, and it plays into the entire theory, even though we live inside a a simulation, Mm -hmm. you know, so I Definitely enjoyed that. Yeah, I loved the arrangement. I loved the formatting. I thought it was a very, very smart story. And um, I liked the the uh, concept of having to decipher exactly who was in charge and what was happening. And uh, just those little hints. They were just speckled throughout. And it was, it was very uh, unique. In, in a fascinating way and an entire, like just a unique format that I loved. Excellent work, sir. All right. So, our second story. And I'm going to take this one. I'm sorry. This one is my hostage. 
The Flat Man's Guide to the Galaxy by Molly Liu. All right. Molly, you are amazing. The story that you painted, I mean, flat out just painted with your words. Holy crap. Um, it left me in awe. Um, I, I loved this story. The ending, I think it, it stuck with me. It genuinely like the way, the way you laid this out for us, um, in such a humanized way, discussing such a, um, non-human subject um oh my god so that ending I think was probably one of my favorite endings to anything I've ever read anything I've ever seen um this is a story that I would love I think it would benefit because like I said Molly you painted this story that's the best way I can explain it you painted it and I think your work could be like a graphic novel. I think maybe that, I don't know, maybe I'm totally wrong because your words do do the work uh, in that kind of illustration. But oh my God, stunning, um, stunning ending. I, I cannot, I, I'm sorry, I can't like express even uh, the amount of love I have for that ending. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely enjoyed the pacing and the format of the story. Like you said, I can definitely see that as a gra- graphic novel uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Uh, excellent work, Molly. Yes. All right. That brings us to No Man's Land by my boy Jim Bates, who wants to send me into another existential crisis. <laughs> so uh, this one is the ninth installment. So if uh, you have not read parts one through eight. Do yourself a favor. Oh my god. Um, this is another one Joe and I talked about like at length to um, make sure that we were because, like I said, existential crisis, and I was just panicked. Um, this story is just anxiety. It's anxiety. <laughs> Uh, not personified, just anxiety, like, as a whole. Because every part, there's just the stress. And it keeps you, it keeps, it keeps you uh, involved so deeply and emotionally. Because every single character you, you are invested in. And um, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know where you're headed with this. And I don't know. Uh, exactly what the end goal is. And I think that might be kind of what's scary because at this point, all we know is escape. That's what where we're at right now. So, again, spoilers to a minimum. Um, gorgeous. I definitely would agree. Um, this is another one that is definitely a rage against the machine type scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I just enjoyed how well... You had the characters react to a certain situation, and just because, you know, 
things are the way they are doesn't mean that the human spirit will not strive past forward this, well, I mean, injustices anyways. Because if, if you really think beyond, you know, what's, what society could look like once resources are so diminished, you know. It's scary. And, it's, and it's a reality is the thing. It's a very real reality. Yeah. And, and I mean, once the resources are, are so depleted and you have these, I'm, I'm not going to say that they were government forces, but government forces that dictate whether or not you could live or not live um, based upon your value to them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's definitely a cautionary tale for yeah. sure. Excellent work, sir. Yeah. All right. And that takes us into... Riley, I Hardly Knew You by Walter Gearsback. Um, I really liked this one. I I loved the... It wasn't so much a twist because it was there. It was there pretty much from the beginning. Um, it was more just an acknowledgement. And, and again, dude, again with the existential crisis because, like, that terrifies me too. Uh, not only... Uh, the the potential of an apocalypse scenario, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think the way the story was orchestrated, um, it did itself all the favors. It it it, it was very um, intuitive of itself. I think is the best way I can word it. I hope that if this were to turn into more of a script for either TV or film, because, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, you could say that this had a very 12 Monkeys feel, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you could imagine having that kind of phone call. Um, <laughs> also reminded me of that old Twilight episode, uh, Twilight Zone episode, sorry, um, to where the call connected onto the gravestone, mm. and it was actually connected to the to the deceased person but anyways (laughs) that was very well done sir thank you very much all right now we're going on to humor and in humor we have one submission and uh that is office demon by jessica brooke johnson um now if you couldn't tell by my review for vestigial um by Don DeBrawl. I love sick and twisted and just weird and kind of out there. And I think Jessica in the span of less than three paragraphs, you told such a wonderful story that was that sick and twisted kind of uh, that perspective of Definitely something we're not used to. Something uh, that is is even beyond our comprehension as mere mortals. And I, I loved it. I genuinely loved it. And um, I think that it's one of those stories that even even if you're not an office demon, uh, if you are in particular potentially uh, an introvert, you can relate to it because. It might do you uh, a solid to expel your co-workers. Anyway, <laughs> and no, that's not advocating for cannibalism or 
uh, human uh, meals. Just uh, working on your own is sometimes beneficial. (laughs) Definitely an interesting perspective on the humdrum reality of office work. (laughs) Definitely uh, very well written. Uh, Very excellent job, Jessica. Thank you. All right. So. That brings us on to poems. Yes, the poetry section. Poetry. Poetry. Hey. To kick off the poems section, we have Sinquain for Stan's Chick mm-hmm. by Stephen Bruce, and I'm pretty sure I murdered that title. <laughs> so now I I have I have something to say about comedy and comedians, and um, so usually the funniest people have something broken inside them. So, on my notes here, I have, aren't all really funny people a little damaged, and doesn't that make them, um, uh, what would you say? Uh, vulnerable? Uh, well, vulnerable and uh, relatable. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, that's way, that way you can actually find the humors mm-hmm. in the first place. So, excellent work, Stephen. Yeah, and I, <laughs> um, I don't know if you did it intentionally, um, but when you partner this piece with the most famous painting of Stanchik in existence, like it, it just it tells a whole story, a whole complete story. And um, again, I don't know if that was the intention. Um, and I know it's it's obviously poetry is super personal. And it just, it really told this kind of tragic tale that I think, like Joe was saying, it, it is relatable. And, um, yeah. So. Beautifully written. Thank you, sir. And uh, let me know if I murdered that title. <laughs> Thank you. And now we're going to move on to For a Fan by John W. Flukinger. All right. So you want me to start with this one? Okay. I have I have a lot of thoughts and I'm very sorry John I'm gonna make it about myself for a split second um this one like dug itself deep inside of me and just like made a home in my brain and it is living very comfortably in there because uh if if you guys are familiar with with my work as as an artist, uh, I am very pop culture inclined, and um, Joe and I have this theory because uh, I actually was very insecure that like all my my work was pop culture aimed, and um, you know there was somebody who like at some point said something and it like it just wounded me it wounded me in a way that made me kind of feel ashamed that uh i was so inspired by things that somebody else created and so joe and i kind of talked about that like a lot over the since that happened years and years ago and we kind of came to this conclusion that literally all art in its own way, is fan art. Whether you were inspired by um, something you saw in nature, 
something, if you were inspired inspired by, you know, classic literature, if you were inspired by lore, by mythology, by, I mean, whatever it is, everything that's out there in its own way is fan art. So that might be delving really deep into this one, and I'm very sorry. But John, like, I read this poem aloud, and I, I cried because I'm, again, a giant baby. I just, I love love this story because it 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 just it is I think one of the truest sentiments because we do we get so attached to stories to characters to so many things and especially if they're characters you see yourself in uh characters that you just fall in love with characters that you you don't want your relationship to end and now you're the master now you can kind of take what uh these these stories wove and I just I love this poem I'm sorry I can talk probably for decades about this one uh your turn well I think you uh I think you put it all into a tight little package could not have said it better myself <laughs> excellent work sir all right so now we are on to haiku by Maria Tanu yes um this one okay Maria I do not know your intention but your uh you made me think is what it was. And you made me think hard about the origin of um, old sayings and how they've been construed and uh, what they what they mean to us. Because over time, you know, things kind of shift and they change and perspectives are skewed. And so when I think about, you know, the the origin story about these concepts and what they what they can translate to that's that's kind of where I started uh really just harnessing this thought process what I definitely get a cautionary tale feel from um definitely a few segments of the lines um it was definitely beautifully written um well done Maria mm-hmm now we are on to Headlines by Jack D. Harvey. So, I found it as an interesting take on our current relationship to the current media. And if you pay attention to the news now, this poem probably speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, what did you think? Um, okay, so my, my note, my initial, the first sentence is, Again, I hate to make any comparisons, but this is a high, high, just a huge compliment for me because uh, one of my favorites. It made me think of American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Um, and like you said, kind of how uh, the media is kind of our god and we, we pay attention to that and uh, the evolution of what's uh, fed to us. Basically, um, what we uh, are forced to ingest, and um, I—that's—that's I, that's where I kind of started registering it. Um, definitely, <laughs> definitely excellent work, sir. So that brings us to—I'm not going to let fear drive my performance by Linda. Imbler. Imbler, sorry. <laughs> I am apologetic. 
for my mispronunciation. <laughs> <clears throat> so this one, um, I'm going to take a stab at it uh, because I feel, and again, er, interpretation. Um, I truly, I felt this story was in particular uh, about the experience of um, women and uh, femme-identifying people and uh, forging our own paths and, you know, uh, avoiding this kind of predestination and um, just being completely unapologetic about it. I don't know if I'm completely off on that, but that is how I interpreted it. And I, I genuinely loved it um, for that kind of um, that stance, just that take it or leave it. I'm not saying sorry. And that's kind of it's excellent. Who, who I am. <laughs> hey, it's about excellence of internal strength. That's what that was about right there. See? <laughs> uh, excellent work, Linda. So that will take us into Quarantine City by Michael A. Arnold. All right. I will read my note. Sometimes my notes are more eloquent than my, my, my verbiage is, so that's why I kind of rely on them. Um, so I wrote, One thing that I love most about poetry is that it's easy to convey a multitude of emotions, and Michael's Quarantine City really proved that because I don't think there's an easy way to express everything that's gone on this year. But that last line, reflecting hope, I think inflates what we all do feel or at least want to feel. And I applaud Michael for his ability to express that in so few words. Beautifully written. I loved it. Yes. Um, definitely it puts solitude into perspective for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, excellent work, sir. That will bring us to Who Am I by Christopher Bice. Now, I found this as though it could be interpreted as the either the cycle of death or the cycle of conquerors of death. Mm -hmm. You know, a few names are thrown around in, in, throughout the poem. You know, um, so I think... It also reflects, because why I would say, you know, death repeating cycles, because at the end of it, I, I got a little bit of a current situation feel. Oh, definitely. You know? um, but excellent, excellent work, sir. Yeah, it made me think about um, Ares, the god of war, and uh, terror and fear and chaos and kind of everything that's associated with uh, Greek mythology and like Joe said death and um, you know we we face it and we face it on so many levels um, throughout the ages and um, yeah I just I really liked the the drama of this one um, I thought it it spoke volumes it spoke so many volumes about current situations past situations etc etc and and just gorgeous gorgeous flow too oh, um, absolutely it was that was like my first note was just i like screamed how beautiful the flow was excellent work sir and that will take us to beware of the quiet by ann christine tabaka what'd you think okay so again interpretation 
when I read this, it made me think of uh, the good old friend that is nighttime anxiety. Uh, that kind of uh, pal who lingers, who uh, causes you to start stressing about uh, all your fears and your worries and, and how basically it's, it's very easy to succumb and uh, it will rapture you if you let it. But uh, the dawn will come and you'll have a whole other night to worry about the anxieties. But for now... You just kind of gotta gotta let it roll off the back and keep moving. I took it a little differently because um, I believe there's also power in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's environmental or in your own mind, the power of silence is definitely a tool to be used. Thank you, Anne. Definitely beautifully written. Excellent work. Thank you. That will bring us to Black by Jeff R. Young. What'd you think? Okay. So this is my note. Uh, you know, in our lad- last podcast, we talked about mental health. And I think this poem does heartbreakingly, achingly true favor to the sentiment of what I'm assuming assuming would be a depressive episode. And how easy it is to uh, succumb to that feeling and the devastation. Um, you are very dark, <laughs> Jeff. And, uh, and I mean that in the way that... Uh, talking about um this this thing and and if you look at depression and and again I'm not sure if this this is the tale of depression um but for me I took it as that because uh it it just it is this monster it is something that kind of tears at you and makes you into something that you you don't know you don't understand but it's it's very easy to to kind of let it uh, overtake you. And I I feel like that is the sentiment Jeff was trying to possibly get across. Again, might be totally wrong. Probably am. Uh, but for me, it, it rung... It rung home uh, that kind of agony of, of depression. Beautifully stated. And I'll tell you what... I'll stop wearing black when they make a darker color. <laughs> hey, excellent work, Jeff. Thank you very much. Uh, now that brings us to Thundering Ideas and Rambling Adventure by one Miss Stephanie J. Barty. What do you think? She's subtly slipping in. Hey. <laughs> she's coming in to say hi. Um, all right. So, again, last week, if you listened to the podcast, uh, we talked about like that, that creative... Um, lethargy and I I don't know it it the timing was perfect because I felt this one was the perfect uh creative version of that lengthy conversation just that uh that 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 loss of you know it's there you know that feeling is there that 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 want to create that want to to build to to do something and then it goes and then you're just kind of left on your own and you're lost but you know it's going to come back and it's it's that hope um but you just kind of have to be patient and again could be totally off base here but that's how that's how I I took it and I, I don't know Stephanie you are a wordsmith and 
again, spoke volumes. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know, definitely also beautifully stated. Um, and that is definitely the issue with the creative process. And also, you know, it's just, that's how it is too, you know? I mean, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta, it's gonna spurt and then come back, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but definitely it was a, a refreshing perspective on that. Uh, beautifully written. Thank you very much. Now that will pull us into Time Has Come By by Kevin Magnus. Now, in my notes here, all I have down is this was a sweet little poem about the inevitable end of humans and all that means not. (laughs) My man. And my my first note was... Okay, back to nihilism. <laughs> so we're kind of on the same wavelength and thought process and same as conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, um, th- this one was, it was one of those poems that you, you read and for me, I, I was scared, I think of of everything it addressed and um that's probably the best way i can word it like it was a scary story because it's reality you know it's 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 what's happening and um you know that 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 kind of terrified me (laughs) i like to point out that i think you know to play off that idea I, i i feel it's very interesting how you know um, writing these stories and poems and literature takes you into a disconnected realm because you want to kind of disconnect for a mm-hmm. bit. Is that right? Yeah. But also at the same time, all of these things are all kind of relatable at the same time. And I think oh, yeah. that's a beautiful little sweet spot that you can pinpoint. You know, it's like because normally in normal conversation, people will not speak of these things. Oh, no. And then you read them and you're like, my man. <laughs> So, beautiful work, sir. Thank you very much. And I believe that's going to bring us into artwork. Uh, Our first piece is Goddess of the Road by Talia. And um, I'm not 100%, but I'm assuming that this is um, a beautiful homage to Hecate. And first and foremost, Talia, let me just... I'm giving you a standing ovation because um, the anatomy of a three-headed person is very difficult. I have tried it, and it is not an easy task. So, good God, girl, you did it. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful anatomy. Um, I love love this piece because, um, like I said, I'm, I'm assuming... We are paying homage to Hecate, and um, who's the goddess of crossroads and everything. And when you look at a lot of, of presentations of um, goddesses and whatnot, um, they're all beautiful. And they're very, it, it can be very hard to uh, tell your own story. And I think you did a magnificent job telling the story um I love everything about it I love um the just your your style your aesthetic I love I'm sorry I I gravitate toward the um 
breast area and <laughs> the the glints. I just your 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 technique is perfect and I love it so 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 much. Um so again, standing ovation for making that anatomy work. You are a talent. So, all right. Now we're going to move on to excellent work. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm like I'm just like, going. Oh, it's, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, no, excellent work. Uh, you know, I got a uh, cerebrus fill myself um, off of that. You know, um, excellent work, Talia. All right. So now we're going over to the reason I'm jumping and not even letting Joe talk right now <laughs> is because I was very excited to talk about uh, Squish Bish by Rebecca Illick. Um, and if you guys know me and um, if you if we've talked, if you've been to my Instagram or whatever, you know that I am um, a huge advocate for body positivity. And it's something that is super important to me. And, um, last time Rebecca and I talked actually like, um, we were very much on the same page. And so I was very excited to see this piece. Um, because I, anytime I see any work that, uh, celebrates, you know, just, just bodies that aren't typically represented, represented, my God, too much coffee. Um, I just, it, it, it makes me so happy. So, and Rebecca has um, a habit of always doing that. And every single one of her pieces just brings me that joy of seeing that representation. So, again, thank you, Rebecca. Absolutely beautiful work. Definitely uh, love the empowerment vibe. Thank you. Squish fish. Hey. And that's going to be what I call myself from now on. Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> All right, so and and Joe wanted to take over this one, so now I'm going to shut up and let him uh, jump into the next one. What did you want to call the title? On? Real, real okay, Minos, 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 uh, by Ryan Scherfenberg. All right, so I feel as though this also replicates the thought process. Uh, definitely, you know, um, your own brain has a checkerboard effect. And you have one idea going this way, the other idea going that way, and it's not quite sure how to split down the seam. Very well done, Ryan. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, I, I love any any high contrast play. Um, I think uh, just the, the ability to create an abstract piece in and of itself is, I mean... It is not something that's easy. So, dude, you you did a gorgeous job of telling a story with this piece. Okay, and our final piece, Return from Planet X by a Mr. Ed Bickford. Um, I'll jump, I'll jump on this one. Uh, holy crap, gorgeous, love it. The vibe, everything about it is stunning. Um, I have a lot of, a lot of, uh, relationships, friendships, and whatnot in the, uh, comic illustrator world, and, um, I know how hard it can be sometimes to stand out, and Ed does a gorgeous job of, uh, creating something that just jumps off the page, the web page for us, but, 
I, the color, everything about it is just so masterfully created. And I, I love it so, so much. I definitely love the grunge feel behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you very much. So that kind of wraps up the art section. Um, and that's going to take us over to the review of the reviews. Yes. So in the review section, we have the Mythmaster interviewed Anthony Williams, also known as Anthony Anthem. Uh, I listened to the podcast and his very insightful interview into the tip of Anthony and what drives him. You know, uh, he definitely cares about mental health as well. Mm-hmm. And the two definitely care about wrestling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you are into more of a clarity of the mind, but also want to hear, you know, a little bit of, uh, what would you call it, mat thrashing, <laughs> <laughs> then head on over and give that a listen. Um, excellent interview. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for it. And again, with Mythmaster, dude, like, gold. Everything everything is gold. Hey. <laughs> uh, so that will bring us over to Moviegoer Grimm. He reviewed Three from Hell. So after reading through it, I definitely feel that we're on the same page with Rob Zombie. Um, I wasn't so sure about him in the beginning of being a director either. However, um, his music... A plus, you know, big fan. Uh, now, his first two films of that series, because Three from Hell is a three-part series um, of movies, you definitely need to go and read Movie Goer Grimm's review because it'll give you a nice little, little uh, what you call it, a synopsis over the entirety of the film, and uh, go see what he thought, you know. Excellent review. And then after that one, we'll bring us to a review of Stephen Fry's Mythos by Michael A. Arnold. And this is a review on a book about Greek mythology. By Stephen Fry. By Stephen Fry. And, um... Sir Stephen Fry. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely... I love Stephen Fry. Hey. (laughs) Sorry. So... I believe that, because uh, Michael went down through the, the rundown of the entirety of the book, and uh, it definitely put a little perspective piece about the Greek mythology, Greek mythology sorry. And, uh, you know, go, uh, give that a, go give that a look over and see what Michael thought about the book. Excellent review. And now that will bring us to video game review of Tetris. For Ness Mini by Kevin Magnus. Now, this was an interesting take on the classic game of Tetris. Um, even though I'm sure it was for Ness, Ness Mini. Um, you know, kind of like when I was a kid. And, you know, um, you had the Nintendo games. Um, personally, Tetris wouldn't be my first go-to uh, it was my sister's go-to for sure. She loved Tetris. Um, I was more of the excited bike man myself. So, if you want to hear about the review on Tetris for Ness Mini, go check that out. Mr. Kevin Magnus gives an excellent review on his take on Tetris. 
And then that will bring us to the art review of Caspar Frederick's Wanderer, Above the Sea Fog, by Michael A. Arnold. Uh, I'm not sure I got that title correct, but hopefully that's it. <laughs> so, I enjoy this review because it was a wonderful review giving a quick history lesson about the romanticism and the evolution of the human mind within this particular genre. You know, and as we all know, art is all speculative, and you can infer what you will about this piece. You know, um, Michael gives an excellent review on said piece and really makes you think, you know, excellent reviews there. So you can go, uh, go, go give that a look over and uh, see what Michael thought about that. And uh, that's it for reviews. But we also had a commentary from our founder, David K. Montoya. And this was a very personal piece. What do you think? Well, you know, last week we, we divulged kind of in um, into a discussion about mental health. And um, I think we all know it's it's not the easiest thing to talk about. And... Um, you know, I, I did, I talked to Dave a lot, um, through that period and, uh, you know, try, tried to, to help him how I could. And, um, you know, uh, all I can say is he, he has, he has come back and he, I think he's, he's more focused than ever in the ways that genuinely matter. And, um, just a huge thanks to him for for um, feeling okay enough to to talk to us about that time in his life because it is it's a very hard thing to talk about and um, you know I think I think uh, it helps with that that bond of the the family that is the world of myth. And so um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Dave. I think everybody who who cares about you and loves you um, is very happy to hear your thoughts and um, how you're doing, how you're actually doing, not, oh, I'm okay, you know, I'll be fine. But genuinely, like, no, I need I needed some me time, and it was very important. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Beautifully written. Um you know, everybody needs a little break every now and again. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, rest is important. And when you overload, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, 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 it's an issue. So it was good on you to uh, share this, that share the information and, you know, get it off your chest, you know. Definitely. Um, so thank you, sir, for those words. So that wraps it up. This, yeah, this brings us to our first review of the magazine oh my god we did it is the whole oh the whole issue and we did it that was very intimidating so uh i'm sure it's not perfect um i'm sure we stumbled a lot through our words words are hard absolutely (laughs) but uh, please let it let me know if i mispronounce anybody's name um you know they're 
there's there's a bunch of excellent content that went into the magazine. And I, like I said, I couldn't imagine what amount of time it took to put this thing together with with all the content. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we 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 definitely tried our best to read through all of the content pre- presented. And um, about that Nintendo comment, also also more <laughs> of a Contra man. I love that game on Nintendo Contra. Remember that one? No. With the two little soldiers, and they had the red guy and then the blue guy. Oh, yeah. And then a little, little ball. Okay. Little balls shooting there. Yeah. That Legend of Zelda. Um, you know, I think it's 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 definitely uh, classic video game reviews can definitely go somewhere, you know, especially <laughs> because, like, classic video games became such a big hit now, you know, mm-hmm. you got the collectors. Retro game. Oh, yeah, the yeah. retro game guy. So that's good. So. Also, I want to thank all the authors for allowing us to review your work. Um, you know, it definitely, because we have been in the con game for a little bit, <laughs> the convention game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and it definitely takes a lot of spirit to showcase your work. Oh, definitely. You know, Um and for people to judge your work and, and take critique, you know, and, 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 and helpful criticism, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, luckily you have two excellent editors, you know, behind the magazine, especially yep. the editor-in-chief, Stephanie. So now that they can, you know, choose the creme de la creme for the magazine. Oh, yeah. Anyways, you know, so that's always that's always a... Uh, uh, helpful insight yes. so thank you very much for allowing us to share these ideas and over analyze poorly analyze generally analyze hey. <laughs> hey. i i i hope you guys know that general genuinely from from the bottom of our hearts you put in purely quality content and i i could not have been more thrilled for all of this to have been our first indoctrination into our reviews on the world of Mythbits podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Also one really quick last note about Rob Zombie as a director. Love his work. Um, you know, house of a thousand corpses, uh, the devil's rejects, uh, Halloween, you know, um, also as more artsy films are, in my opinion, all must-see films to contribute to the review of Three from Hell. You know, usually you'd like to start at the beginning, right? So that is it. A very long, special, very, very, very special episode. Uh, So, yeah, we're out. You can find us on www.theworldofmyth.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter under the World of Myth Bits podcast and the World of Myth magazine and uh, our new Instagram. And it's just at the World of Myth Bits. So, yeah, I guess we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. All right. Bye. <laughs>
Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever.